Hey everyone, welcome back to In It For The Long Haul with Lexi and Zeke. We're excited to be back after missing last week and we'll give you a brief recap of last week's events and then do a full episode about Monday night's show. The nice thing about these two episodes is they were to be continued, like really every episode on this season, so they fit together well in one podcast. Yeah, things things just got really busy for us last week with Valentine's Day and just other plans that we had, and we kind of got to the weekend and realized, oh, we, I guess, are just not going to record uh, a podcast, but we'll just kind of yeah, give a very quick recap of the previous episode to get everyone caught up and then get back into this week's. Um, so the the way that the it would be episode six started out was with the two-on-one date that we saw the very beginning of um, between Shanae, who, yes, was still around as of last week's episode, um, and Genevieve. Um, it, it kind of just, it seemed like it was not fun even though Clayton wanted it to be fun. And it just kind of ended up being they each stated their case as to why the other was bad. And then Clayton ended up choosing Genevieve. Anything uh, anything you have to say on the two-on-one? I think it was kind of a shock. And there was uncertainty in Clayton's body language about who he would ultimately choose. He's not very good at reacting in these dramatic situations. And making it clear what he is thinking in the moment. So I was hoping it was Genevieve, but... Yeah, me too. Had no reason to believe one way or the other. So ding dong, the shrimp is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Shanae's suitcase was collected and she's out of there. And really that was all the women needed and all Clayton needed to just completely change their tunes. Yes. Uh, credit where credit is due. Ding dong, the shrimp is dead was a, a quote from Hunter. Um, and yeah, it was just a full on celebration when when it was Shanae's suitcase that went away. Um, I think the, the highlight of it was Gabby, who had two champagne bottles that she was went out into the balcony and and shook up and was chugging. Um, Bachelor Nation or the Bachelor franchise loves their champagne. A hundred percent. After Sinead leaves, we see some good interactions between Clayton and the other women before leading us into our rose ceremony. Finally. Yeah, very, very short cocktail party there. Um, but the rose ceremony going into it, Genevieve, Rachel, and Gabby already had roses. And then Sarah, Serene, Susie, Teddy, Eliza, and Mara got the roses with Marlena and Hunter uh, departing after this ceremony. That was a sad one to see Hunter go. Yeah. But she's got to feed her snake. And Marlena. Marlena was great. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. We saw a lot more from Marlena than Hunter. I was sad to see Marlena go too. Oh, man. Um, So the crew jet sets off to Croatia, which looks really beautiful. Yeah, they're on an island in Croatia and... Uh, the first one-on-one went to um, Teddy. This is where we start to see what the next main point of drama is going to be because uh, Mara is, is disappointed that she hasn't gotten a one-on-one yet. Um, and yeah, Sarah makes a comment and they start to kind of, you can see the tension start to build. We can't go any hour without drama on this show. So well, yeah, as soon as Shanae leaves... <laughs> We've got to start the next plot line. And so we see that, you know, working. I think Teddy's one-on-one was fine. Um, I just think she doesn't smile that much. Yeah. Um, she brought up... energy. Yeah. She brought up that she is a virgin to Clayton. And he seemed to take that well. But I don't think they had quite as much of a significant conversation about it as we've seen when virginity has been discussed on previous seasons. Honestly, the whole thing to me kind of felt awkward. So it was a question mark for me as to whether or not Teddy would receive the rose at the end of her one-on-one. Yeah, um, but but she did. Of um, course, because yeah. Clayton would not yeah. ever <laughs> not give a one-on-one to someone on their, or a rose, rose to someone yeah. on their one-on-one. 
But then there was the group date. On the group date was Serene, Rachel, Susie, Gabby, Eliza, Genevieve, and Mara. Uh, those last three are the three women who had not yet had one-on-ones. And that leaves the one-on-one for this week to go to Sarah, which would be her second. Um, of course, this did not go over well with Mara, who was the main um, the main antagonist uh, about not getting this date. Uh, Genevieve, obviously Genevieve and Eliza were disappointed, but Mara was the most vocal about being disappointed, and especially since it was Sarah. For sure. So drama is a brewing, but meanwhile, the girls have to relive one of Clayton's dates from Michelle's season where it was very <laughs> Viking vibes at the Minnesota Vikings stadium, and they're doing medieval challenges to prove their love for him. Yeah, some like, you know, pushing like almost like sumo wrestling type thing but like they're wearing armor and they have like shields and they're pushing each other some nasty food like liver and fish heads and stuff like that um which who was it that was it eliza that went like all in with like eating the fish eyes and stuff i think that's who that was serene or was it it was serene that's right um and yeah then they have this like kind of cringy like kneel down in front of everyone like take a knee and profess how you feel about Clayton and Mara was like throwing shade at everyone else's and then she got up and did this like tacky rhymey poem that was really dumb I think I don't know and ultimately no matter what Clayton gives the group date rose to Rachel for the second week in a row which I think was bad form (laughs) well yeah she's clearly his favorite and he's just giving her a rose anytime he can but also during the nighttime portion of this date was uh, Mara very importantly planted a seed or an idea in Clayton's mind that maybe some of the women here weren't ready for an engagement or marriage and he kind of asked her if she was talking about like Sarah since Sarah is the youngest and she confirmed that yeah Sarah is one of those people who she has apparently heard talking about not being ready so that was kind of kind of a, a, an ominous an ominous way to kind of end that group date mm. but then we had the mysterious note yeah, so Clayton receives a note for um, him to meet someone at the clock tower in the town square. And at this point, every possibility was running through my mind and probably his. Is Shanae back flying from Canada to Croatia? Um, is it Mara or Sarah trying to address the drama in the house? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't even think we really guessed. I think it was just kind of like, I guess we'll just wait and see who it is. Yes, because they didn't leave us hanging for long. Clayton goes to the town square and realizes that it's Susie who's planned kind of a mini one-on-one for them, which good for her. I haven't really seen this done before. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have to, the producers have to allow it and it seems like Maybe they were trying to get Susie to be more of a favorite and she hadn't done much since her one-on-one, um, but this was just kind of a good moment for her and, and Clayton to um, kind of really connect in, I mean, I would say a pretty romantic setting, um, kind of, you know, you're in Europe, it's at night, there's lights, it's really pretty um, and all that stuff. I think that she tells him that she's like falling in love with him at, yeah. on this uh, event and he's super happy about it. I mean, he had a big grin on his face he clearly is is really into Susie um she's you know at this point you're definitely thinking okay Susie's gonna get a hometown she's maybe top two who knows we'll have to see yeah after that really romantic moment we can see that despite it all Clayton is still pretty concerned about what he heard from Mara and touches base with Jesse about the possibility that some girls might not be ready for marriage yeah, and I don't know. Jesse didn't really offer him much advice. He's just kind of like, <laughs> as yeah, Jesse does. Um, but then we then go straight to him having dinner with Sarah. So we don't really know if there was a daytime portion of their date, and they just had to cut it for time, um, or if it wasn't that interesting, or what happened there. But we basically just got a nighttime portion um, with him and Sarah, and um, he, you know, asks her. I think the big problem with the way that he kind of asks her if she's ready is that he he could have used, you know, the thing, what Mara told him and just like, uh, 
um, what's the word, like tactfully asked her, like, so do you think that you are ready? And not like be like, uh, I was informed or I got some, I received some information that you were not ready or that you said that you weren't ready. Just like, don't even say that. Just make it feel like an organic question. It's like, so do you think that you're ready for an engagement at the end of this? But if he phrases it like that, then there won't be any drama. I know. I know. It's just like, eh, yeah. I know. But. Sarah really freaks out. We got a lot of sobbing, um, but ultimately she convinces Clayton that um, someone is just attacking her character. And of course she's ready and she's serious and she's here to get engaged. And we see her tell the camera that it's the oldest trick in the book to try to say that "Mm, she's not ready for marriage. (laughs) That's literally her exact tone. So she's pretty upset. And I think even from this point, she has a suspicion that it's Mara. But, um, you know, she doesn't necessarily name her at that moment but that's where we kind of end the episode is her talking to the camera about how she's going to stand up for herself and this these accusations are not going to fly now that she got the rose from Clayton she seemed to reassure him she's now going to go and address it with the group yeah and the episode kind of ends with dramatic shots of her walking up some steps to go confront them and that's basically where the next episode starts uh do you have anything at all about episode six that you need to say no before we move on i think that i will save my final rose for how things evolve in this week's episode oh so do we need to still do our uh first impression roses we can we can given the context of the episode we just recapped yeah that's true okay you go first Uh, Well, my first impression, Rose, is I think we kind of touched on it, but Clayton for episode seven, episode six was um, better, but episode seven, I thought Clayton really shined. He was at his best. Um, We saw some good sides of Clayton. We saw him, um, you know, giving some good answers, doing some good listening um, and calling people on their BS, um, which we'll talk about later on but he just seemed to figure something out once Shanae left and it was really good it was refreshing to see yeah my first impression rose is for all of my listeners out there that did see the season preview that seemed to spoil the top three I, you know, really didn't believe Clayton when he tweeted out at the beginning of the season that, you know, rest assured, the season preview didn't actually spoil the top three. I promise it, you know, doesn't really show as much as you think. And after the events of episode seven, he was actually tweeting the truth. Um, It was such a weird cut and they made the top three look like, Jill at one point, <laughs> Shanae, um, Genevieve and Sarah. And so like, we obviously know that that's not how things unfold. And so just strange cuts, strange yeah. edits from the bachelor team. Yeah. It was really bizarre. We went back and watched it. Um, yeah. And I mean, they do the whole thing with like him talking like after, after the fantasy suites, like for the rose ceremony Um, but then we get shots of not talking, but just shots of those women that you just named, um, spliced in there as if it was, so I I don't know why they did this. This was stupid. I know it's a new editing tactic. They're like, we'll just like mislead the, um, spoilers that we're giving. And it's like, what? Just don't give any spoilers at all. Don't insinuate. Yeah. Don't show people's (laughs) faces insinuating that they're top three. That's dumb. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so bad about that. bad work bachelor producer team. yeah thumbs down so that's my first impression <laughs> but yeah. anyway getting back to the mara and sarah drama mara 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 and sarah it rhymes i need to remember it rhymes yeah that that does help me too and now that they are a, a pair it's it's easy to remember um but yeah so before sarah arrives mara is upset still about sarah getting a second one-on-one 
when there's still three of them there that, who haven't gotten one-on-ones. Which, fair. I would be so sad. Too. Fair, but also, like, if you are going to try to get engaged to one of these people, you probably want to go on, you know, more than one date with someone before you, before they meet your family. Which, ironically, only one of these women will have been on two one-on-one dates with him before they meet the family. Because, spoiler alert, Sarah did not. is not getting a hometown. Yep. Um, But yeah, so Sarah storms in. I mean, she was, I think, relatively graceful about it. And it was, she was not as dramatic about it, I think, as she could have been. I, uh, I will say, last episode, and then going into this episode, I was very much like, Sarah is fine. She's in the right. Their Mara's being like not the greatest. Um, and Sarah seems to be like handling this much better. Um, so she basically says, you know, I want to talk to Clayton about me not being ready for marriage. Um, and they're all kind of silent. It's kind of crickets. Mara then kind of like says that she talked to Clayton. Isn't super specific though. Um, But I don't know. I just thought that Mara was being kind of, I don't know what the word is. She's just kind of being mean and uh, I don't know, just kind of rude to Sarah. Yeah, I mean, she's letting her jealousy get the best of her. For sure. Um, But I also think that it's in this exchange that Sarah's response starts to break down for me. And she ends up telling the girls kind of a straight out lie and this is also an attack on um mara in front of everyone which is not cool but she says that clayton was able to easily identify that you know whoever brought this information to him about me not being ready was clearly somebody who is about to go home and is you know trying a last ditch effort to stay which i think that she i think she said it to clayton that, that it felt like a last ditch effort um, to him. But yeah, he is not the one who said that. She is the one who said that. And then she kind of made it as if he had said that, which isn't true. Um, which I think in the, in the moment we were kind of like, wait, did he say that? Because it was said. We just couldn't remember who said it. Oh, um, I knew. It, it's not okay. not a Clayton style remark. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The, the Lee doesn't usually say things like that. Um, but yeah, so then it's going to be time for the cocktail party. Um Sarah is kind of doing the the thing where everyone doesn't like you and then you're kind of trying to like make small talk to try to clear the air. I don't know. It was just one of those awkward things where she kind of recapped the previous day and it was weird. (laughs) Um, Gabby has become the like, you know, we've talked a lot about Gabby uh, on this season and I think she's just kind of become this almost like wise... Because she is like, she is one of the older women, um, but she's just become kind of like wise and perceptive. Here she says, like, I think that there's going to be drama. I just hope that I get a chance to talk to Clayton before, you know, it happens and like ruins this cocktail party. What a wise, perceptive comment. (laughs) Yeah. No, but just like, she's just kind of has started to, she just kind of says these things that are like true. It's just kind of funny. I mean, I agree with your sentiment. I don't think that this is the best example of when she's like remarkably wise. I think I here she's just like kind of stating wise. the obvious. I just think that she's like funny in the way that she makes comments that are not, I don't know. They just feel, I don't know. They just feel different. Like she's just kind of like, yeah, there's going to be drama. I hope I get to, I don't know. It's just almost like a, maybe it's like a cynicism instead. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so then they we do get a bit of a cocktail party. Um, this is my favorite part, and it was a surprise. And this is when we start to see the magic potion that Clayton drank after Shanae left really yes, kick in. Yeah. Because he has this special little recognition planned for Serene where he may put a bunch of little lights into um, mason jars and said that this was in remembrance of her cousin that she lost because he remembered her saying on their one-on-one that that was one of her most cherished memories from childhood of catching fireflies with 
her cousin. So he tried to recreate that in her memory. And I think that's so sweet. And she was really touched by it. And I just haven't really seen the lead be intentional in this way, but especially Clayton. And so I loved this moment for them. Yeah. Um, Serene says to the camera that she thinks she's falling in love with him. Um, I don't know that she's told Clayton that yet. Um, but at this point, she's starting to feel it. And maybe we'll see her tell him later. Girl, I don't blame you. I mean, I lost my dad. And as soon as you, Zeke, did something to honor his memory and showed that type of respect and um, love through that action, I had no doubt in my mind. Oh, how nice. But I loved you far before that. But it just codified it all. <laughs> yeah. Then we get... Um, interactions with other women uh i didn't get and i didn't i didn't really write down anything specific from these just kind of generic kind of moving through them quick um but clayton thinks that you know it's going well but he does note that maybe it's going a little too well (laughs) he's got a good group of girls he does for the most part but it's drama time um Mara decides that she needs to try to smooth things over, or I don't know about smooth things over. She needs to confront Sarah <laughs> about their beef. Um, she, I just thought this was kind of funny. She thought that Sarah's like last ditch effort comment was insensitive and ignorant, which I just think is kind of the kettle calling the pot black because she was the one who was going and telling Clayton that Sarah wasn't even ready to for an engagement. So I just think it's kind of silly. Like, if you're going to start throwing stones, she's just kind of throwing stones from a glass house, it seems. Yeah, I definitely thought that she was just kind of making accusations and confronting Sarah, um, kind of just out of nowhere and hurling these things at her. And so I think just from this conversation alone, it was easy to be on Sarah's side. What surprised me is all of the other girls were listening to this and then to each other and to the camera in separate interviews, they all seemed to be on Mara's side. And they were saying how, you know, Sarah does appear to be a little bit too confident in her connection and they were put off by the way that she addressed the whole group following her second one-on-one and so I was surprised to hear that they were kind of not about her in that moment and I think I, I guess looking back I kind of understand because um you know I think it would be easier to be on Mara's side from an empathetic standpoint of you know, it isn't really fair that there's three girls here that haven't had one-on-ones and, you know, Sarah's getting her second one-on-one. Um, and then also knowing what we came to know at the end of the episode, apparently Sarah was a lot more forthright and explicit about all of these um, details of her relationship with Clayton in a really, like, braggy way, trying to put off some women um and so doubt in their minds so yeah yeah I I think that like we you know we see this every season you know either you know some there's just like someone who is very confident but then in that braggadocious way um I would say kind of the opposite of that was last season and Nate I think Nate did a really good job at being confident and (laughs) I disagree Really? And being confident, but not, like, bragging about it, not worrying about the other relationships, and not, like, I don't know, just kind of keeping his cards close to his chest. Uh, I think he did a good job at that, if I'm remembering. Well, I think Sarah isn't worried about the other relationships as well. It's, like, half different, but then she's, like, being too braggy about how well things are going with her and Clayton. And I think Nate shared some more details or, like, would say stuff like, um you know, she's my girl and like, just make these statements or whatever. Um, but I think it really comes down to bachelor versus bachelorette and how like the other women in the house react to any sort of statements of confidence, um, versus how men react to it. And women, it's like, not only are you, um, 
jealous like or put off like the other like the men would be toward Nate's statements but you also feel insecure and you've got a really like um negative emotional response to some other woman bragging about her relationship and you don't necessarily see those same types of insecurities prop up as easily among a group of guys so I don't see a ton of differences between them um just like at this point in the episode um I see a difference in how their behavior was received by you know the fact that it's a group of guys versus a group of girls yeah that that, that makes sense um so yeah the nothing really happens I mean Mary just like kind of yells it not yells <laughs> but she just kind of is mad at Sarah Sarah just kind of takes it which I think she she does she doesn't really give anything back, which is good for her. I think she handled it well, considering. But it's then time for the rose ceremony. So I don't think we mentioned that Sarah did get a rose after that really shortened one-on-one date that we saw. Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. Well, I, fair enough. But so Teddy and Sarah and Rachel all have roses from this week, and then the only four more roses then to give out because we're down to seven now so Susie, serene gabby and genevieve i thought for sure they were going to keep mara um and keep her on for more drama especially because they gave out seven roses because at this yeah. point they usually only have six girls going into the week before hometowns yeah, we also thought maybe he would keep Eliza because it seemed like they had a good connection <laughs> and he hadn't done anything with Genevieve. Um, but yeah, so Mara and Eliza go home and our, we have our top seven. Um, I, I wrote here, Genevieve better be getting the first one-on-one this week because she's now the only one left who hasn't gotten a one-on-one and she's still around, so she she better be getting one. Um but I guess uh, for consolation, she's gotten to go to Croatia, which was beautiful. She's getting to go to Vienna. Um, so she's getting to see some really nice spots. And she did see Niagara Falls on her too on one day. That's true. So she in Toronto is beautiful. So she has gotten to see some beautiful places. <laughs> um, just hasn't, you know, gotten to see Clayton very much. Um, but yeah, so they're off to Vienna. Um, we're getting lots of shots of Vienna. Uh, have you have you been to Vienna? No. Did you go? Okay. I've been to Vienna and it is Gabby says it feels like a fairy tale, which it totally does. You're just kind of walking around everywhere you go. If you just kind of walk through the city, you see like, oh, wow, there's a beautiful building. Let's go look at that. And then you get to that one and then you say, oh, wow, there's one over there. And you can just kind of walk around following big, beautiful cathedrals and government buildings and palaces. Mm. There's like three palaces or four palaces in Vienna because it was the seat Uh, kind of the capital of the Habsburg Empire, and that's where they all had their palaces. Um, But yeah, no, it is beautiful. It feels, you know, like a fairy tale, just like she said, Brothers Grimm, whatever. Mm. Um, But yeah, we get the first one-on-one date card in their hotel, and it goes to Susie, Rip Genevieve. (laughs) Um, I mean, at this point, if you're Genevieve, you have to realize that you're done, that there's no chance um you can't go meet someone's family if you don't get a one-on-one um I guess there is one last effort one last chance for her to get the second one-on-one um but it was not to be so I just basically could not stop drooling this whole one-on-one because it was my absolute dream come true it's your favorite date it's the shopping date <laughs> yes the famous bachelor shopping date um the last season of the bachelor met james's season rachel got the shopping date and she ended up winning the mm-hmm. season um which they're still not engaged yet i don't think which i hope they do i hope they make it but anyway uh so this is i mean this is lead big dog date material yeah you don't give this to someone you don't care about no and um it just is the easiest way to make all of the other girls in the house jealous because this is every girl's dream can confirm can confirm yeah no that's definitely one of like the great side effects of this date is that you know you get the scene after the date where 
the girl gets to come back in with all the other women with her like 20 shopping bags that she they've like stuffed her hands full and somehow she's carrying them all um and then the other girls are just like yeah insanely jealous she's got like louboutins and i don't know you have to point out the brands too but listen you skipped over the content of the date well i didn't skip it i was just because well you don't even have any notes on it because you were consoling me the whole time about how jealous i was about this date i was saying don't get any ideas oh But they get to go to the store and she models all these clothes and well, he's like, buy anything you want. And yeah. oh, it's just so well, great. They go to like the designer store and then they go to this second location and meet up with this like fashion designer who designs like red carpet dresses. Yeah. And yeah. like award show dresses. And she tries on a few of those and looks stunning. Um, I, I think, I mean, she, we've talked about how she definitely has shades of hannah brown about her um and debbie ryan from sweet life on deck right but from this franchise i i wrote here lock Susie into the top two uh at this point i'm like it's Susie and rachel rachel's gonna win Susie's gonna be the bachelorette all right that's your prediction and it is on record that's that's what i think here i mean that's just kind of how it feels like obviously it's not like rocket science you know the ones who he's had great connections with, you know, you think they're going to win. And there are the two that seems to have the best connections with him at this point. Um, and I think we agree that between her and Rachel, she is way more bachelorette material than Rachel. Yeah. Rachel has a strange vibe, which also I just realized Rachel is the one who we were like laughing about in the first couple episodes. Cause she's like the pilot instructor, whatever and we just thought that she like wasn't gonna go anywhere because he didn't seem that into her or something because he took Susie on the helicopter date and not her (laughs) yeah I just didn't see her as a contender at all at the beginning I also felt like not only were all of her initial interactions about flying which he doesn't really care about but also she was just like always saying I just think you know we have a really good vibe or, like, she was either, like, trying to assert the strength of their relationship or, like, asking a ton of questions to try to get affirmation. So the exchanges were really weird. I feel like it wasn't until their one-on-one that they ever even talked about anything substantive that wasn't related to her job. So That's I true. just, yeah, I thought their exchanges were strange at the beginning. And so I think that Susie is a much better conversationalist, which would make a good bachelorette. Yeah, that's, but that's I hope true. she wins. Though Ooh, I like her. Susie? Yeah. yeah. Um. So we'll see. He's got uh, in his top four. Yeah, he's got great choices. Yeah. He's yeah, at least like three great choices. I don't see him picking Gabby, but mm-hmm. anyway, um, we can talk more about that later. But Susie comes back with all of her bags. The women are jealous. Um, and we see a varied. Uh, various expressions of the jealousy obviously like most not obviously but most of them are like oh my gosh we're so jealous this is so crazy exciting gabby is just kind of big sad she's just kind of sitting there like man i kind of wanted this date i'm not that excited for you because i'm just jealous well like she gets to go home with literally like 10 plus new outfits that are high caliber yeah that's just such a fun thing (laughs) yeah um i think genevieve has some comments to the camera which basically she recognizes that um she is not going anywhere that she is basically done um yeah i think she is recognizing she sees the writing on the wall which is sad yeah and she's a she's bummed she recognizes that you know this isn't working out for her um but then the the German butler comes in <laughs> with a red dress for her to wear, Klaus. presumably from the fashion designer. I think we saw her wear it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's from the fashion designer. She gets to wear this to their date. And this whole this whole time during the whole date, they were riding around in like an old school, like 1950s Rolls Royce or something, um, you know, around the town. And so she gets picked up in this oldies car um, and they take her to freaking Schönbrunn Palace which I've been to. It's beautiful. I didn't go inside because that like cost money. Um, I just like walked around the gardens out back because they're huge and free and it's beautiful. Um, but 
they ABC ran out all the palaces for them. Yeah, they ran out palaces for The Bachelor, and they rent out the Minnesota Museum of Children's Sciences <laughs> for The Bachelorette. Yes. Um, <sighs> but yeah, they there's a guest performer. I don't know who this is. Some guy uh, who plays the piano and sings a song called like "Girl in the Red Dress" or something, which was great. This was a great date. Um, you know. Probably the best date of the season so far. My favorite date, my favorite date always. I want to go, thank you. Yes. But they dance, great, romantic. She gets the rose. Portion, and she gets the rose, of course. Um, But we need to find out who's going to get the second date rose. Is it going to be Genevieve or the second one-on-one date? Is it going to be Genevieve? Is she going to finally get her time with Clayton and really break out into the front runner and lead that we hoped all along? Unfortunately, no. Uh, the next group date card is for Sarah, Teddy, Rachel, Genevieve, oof, and Gabby. Um, how bold one gets when one is sure of being loved. And that's a quote. That's what the date card said. And it's a quote from Sigmund Freud, who I guess is from Vienna. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, so Serene is going to get the last one on one, her second. And could be really good for serene also maybe not good who knows well i'm surprised he didn't worried. i'm surprised he didn't give it to rachel and so i thought you know oh, if he's not giving it to rachel then he's giving it to serene because you know he's gonna potentially eliminate her yeah, through the be. one-on-one um oh, that'd be tough going on a one-on-one in vienna and getting eliminated i know <laughs> but i at this point was not surprised that genevieve didn't get it because um Honestly, she's great. She's beautiful. But really, I was only rooting for her this whole time because it had been spoiled for me, or so I thought, by the ABC producers, Mm. that she was in the top three. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm just like kind of rooting for her comeback story and breakout moment because she hasn't gotten time yet. And so I know she's going to make top three. And so I just, you know, am excited to see what it is that leads to her, um, like, breakout moment and so once I figured you know when Shanae left that maybe the top three weren't actually the top three it wasn't surprising that Genevieve didn't get more time with Clayton because honestly she hasn't opened up she's been kind of shy and so I there's just stronger options for Clayton and so I hate to say that my um support for Genevieve was mostly due to (laughs) me like getting excited for the breakout moment that led her to be in the top three because I thought that she was and she wasn't so yeah what a bummer um but this group date is a consists of psychotherapy sessions um which is I don't know tough well a lot of therapists on Twitter were like hey Please do not let this scare you off from going to counseling because this is not at all what a therapy session looks like. Um, It was truly just tea spilling time. Yeah, it's also weird for like therapists because you have this one guy who brings like five different women in to do couples therapy with, which is really strange. Um, But overall, I love the concept of this date because... To me, it felt a lot like premarital counseling and Mm. asking actually good questions to assess the strength of a relationship before you make a huge commitment and getting engaged. And it's not like a cutesy obstacle course date, whatever, where you're not really like learning about the depth of the woman's heart and you're not learning about Clayton for sure because you don't really even interact with him. You're just competing against the other women. And so I wish to see something like this on every season. I think mm-hmm. that it is the responsible thing to do. I think the questions could be even deeper and better instead of like stuff about how are you feeling about the other women in the house? Um, do it all about, you know, your compatibility for marriage. But anyway, I digress. This is what it is. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Do you have, do you even have anything interesting to say? I mean, about these little sessions? I mean, I guess I can go into it a little bit. I mean, Gabby talks about how she's very emotional, both like good and bad. You know, we saw her with the good with her chugging bottles of champagne to celebrate uh, Shanae being 
Well, she was very happy. Not a healthy expression of emotion. No, um, but she was very <laughs> emotional about it, about her joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but she thinks that she needs a stable relationship um, because of the instability of her growing up. So we got some some psychoanalyzing going on. For sure. Um, her parents divorced when she was young. So, um, and Clayton seems to be that stable man for her. Um I feel like the stuff with Teddy was pretty generic. She's just like boring. I don't know. <laughs> I agree. They just really flamed out hard and fast after yeah. the first episode. Um, but obviously the big story of this group date is Genevieve, uh, or at least one of the big stories of this group date is Genevieve. Um, she just like can't even find the words, which to be fair, she knows that she's not going nowhere. So why would she try to like be vulnerable in this situation? Especially because she doesn't like those right um, well and she like says that she it's so hard for her to like talk about her emotions but like why would she even try and she like i mean it seems like she's like trying and she just gets frustrated and starts crying basically because she's like why would i do this it's stupid um at least that's probably what's going on inside she's like what's the point of this this is dumb i'm mm-hmm. not gonna he's not gonna take me to hometowns um so it's like at that point it's just like go home then why would you even go through this but Kane pulls her out of the, the little session. They talk privately and they basically just mutually, mutually agree that it would be absurd for her to get a hometown at this point. Um, and so he just walks her out mid-group date and she's gone. Rip Genevieve. Yeah. But it spares her having to go through the rose ceremony and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. so that's good. Um, Rachel expresses some... Uh, some insecurity apparently i wonder if like she like clayton after walking genevieve out clayton comes back to the women and is like i take this very seriously and so you know if you're one of the other women you're like what the heck did genevieve do what did she say right it wasn't like the right response to the context of the situation yeah it was really weird he made it seem like she said or did something and she like wasn't serious whereas she just like i think realized a, it was like it's hard. she doesn't talk about her emotions very often and like she just I don't know realized that she wasn't why would she even try um so maybe I don't know Rachel seems like she and Clayton are really strong and fine but she says that she still has some insecurity which I guess we've seen a little bit of her expressing some of that to Clayton but it feels like that kind of like self sabotage like oh, I don't know I just like feel insecure where it's like you shouldn't because you guys are like have a great connection um but Clayton is like worried about this I guess I don't know but then the other big story of this group date is is Sarah who loves therapy she does therapy all the time freaking Gen Z (laughs) oh hey it is so important and I I agree with her assessment that everyone could benefit from a she's therapist. Just like, it's just a weird vibe, though. Well, I just think that she's on her um, confidence train. It's she like is. everything has to be perfectly um, constructed for her success on the show. And so it's like, okay, therapy date? Great. I love therapy. If it was a yeah. skydiving date, great. I love skydiving. I've always wanted to do it. Like anything she can say to express her like confidence in the situation. I mean, maybe she does especially like therapy, which like could very well be the case. But I just think it was more indicative of like this desire to portray confidence no matter yeah. what. And, and like this is I think where we re- this was I think when I really realized, oh, I get it. Like I understand like what the vibe is that she is projecting that the other women are really not into um because yeah it's just strange it's just like read the room (laughs) the other girls are really nervous about this they've never done anything like this it's this like austrian lady who seems kind of intense and you don't know what's going to be i mean psychotherapy that sounds like kind of intense to me it doesn't sound like counseling i don't know it sounds more intense than that like are they going to like hypnotize me or something who knows um but yeah so she goes in she like tells this is like the weirdest thing she like goes in and it almost feels like she's like trying to like do the thing where like I feel like I always want to do this when I'm getting tech support at work when like I'm on the phone with IT and I would be like listen I know what I'm doing I'm not like your average like incompetent computer user like I'm very good with computers this is just like there's this weird error that I don't understand 
but you can you can like talk me through stuff quickly like I want to like communicate that and that's kind of what she does here is like I'm like a pro at therapy she's like telling us this therapist lady she's like I'm like a pro at therapy I love it it's really great I love just like sharing my my thoughts and emotions with other people and she tries to kiss up to her and is like thank you for being here that's so important what you're doing yeah it's just again it's just a strange it's just a strange vibe from Sarah um but yeah, she gets asked this question about the other people and she's if she's felt judged and she has felt judged and thinks that they're jealous and she gets some tears going. Um, but then the bomb gets dropped at the end. The therapist comes out. Um, they kind of debrief this whole experience and she says that one or maybe some i'm not sure exactly how it was phrased but some the some of them some of the answers were very performative and not genuine and it was just like this bomb that was dropped mm-hmm. and everyone is looking around like oh my goodness who could it be and everyone honestly, knows it's sarah it's like surprising I was surprised she said this. I want to know if, like, there were things she really did pick up on as a professional. The producer's told Or if this was, like, a producer fed line. Because I was like, oh, this is quite shocking. Uh, But, yeah, it's funny. They all, like, seem to trust each other way more than they trust Sarah. Like, I just did not realize how quickly this anti-Sarah sentiment had grown. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. It was rough. And Sarah just, you know, pretends to be shocked by it all and doesn't even have an alternative name of, like, another woman she thinks it could be. She's just, like, surprised at all, which I think comes as a shock to me because if I was her, I guess she's just not self-aware of how she's coming off. But I would be, like, trying to think of, like, some other name of someone I could say, oh, it's clearly them and try to convince the other girls of it. Mm. But I just don't think she thinks that any of them are thinking it's her. That was a lot of thinking. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that at this point she probably, I mean, she probably knows what she's doing. I don't think that she's totally ignorant of it. Maybe she is. Um, But it's also at this point pretty clear that the other three women are not about her and they're pretty united in that. But it's the nighttime portion of the group date and Clayton is just going to get to the bottom of what this what this comment was about um and so he pulls his trusty favorite first rachel and he just it's hilarious he's like i know it's not you uh (laughs) but she tells him and this is where we learn for the first time that sarah had come back from her date with clayton and talked to rachel and gabby and was like glowing and telling them all about how wonderful this date was and making it seem like like they had said that they had cried together which I don't think happened Clayton seemed to deny this um and just like I think manipulatively made them feel like they didn't have a shot because her and she was fabricating things and embellishing to make it seem like their connection was just so much stronger than all the other women's which is kind of not a thing you should do and they weren't asking her about it Mm -hmm. that's Rachel's like I wasn't asking for this I didn't want to hear this and she just like kind of forced it on us this information yeah it was really weird and at this point I mean I trust Rachel totally Rachel does not seem like one to make stuff up um I think at one point someone said this has been going on for like the last couple weeks but we just didn't want to say anything about it rightfully so they know that you don't you can't you don't want to waste time talking about other girls um because it just can end up hurting you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, the Gabby and Teddy both kind of confirm the story to Clayton. And he's concerned. Because I think he thinks that he can totally trust these three women. And um, there, I think there had been. I think he had, he had been on a streak of basically believing whatever was most recently told him (laughs) so if someone says like oh this happened someone says no it didn't so he like believes the person he believes the first person but then believes whatever is said so he just like believes all of them right um and he that was him being bad a bad bachelor and not being (laughs) great but as we know he drank 
potion. You drank the Kool-Aid. And the good Kool-Aid. And so I too was worried that as soon as Sarah denies all this, he's just gonna believe her. Especially because yeah. she had a second one-on-one. Their connection is clearly yeah. very strong. Clearly likes and it. so he, you know, finally pulls Sarah aside, lays everything out there. And she just kind of goes into defensive mode. And like three seconds into her response, she goes, and I just, it's really hard. And like starts to get like the crying voice without any tears coming out. Mm, No tears. So she's like completely faking this crying voice. It's not like her voice is strained because she's already started crying. She's like using the, like mimicking the crying voice without Mm. crying. And so Clayton, his eyes just narrow. You can barely see anything because he's just like his eyes. Are, she, he's just squinting straight at her like total judgment zone. These are fake tears. And then in the boldest move ever on at least this season, he just straight up goes, you are faking your tears and tells her. Yeah, I've never seen this. It was great. Wonderful moment. Uh, incredible. Um, we love to see it. He And it's great. He stuck to his guns. He did not believe her. He says, um, he's like, at this point, I just don't believe you. She goes, sorry, I'm out of tears. Yeah. And he goes, I just don't believe you. Like, I'm sorry, but you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very refreshing. Um, we don't often get that type of, we don't often get such perceptiveness, especially out of bachelors. No kidding. Um, but the potion, man, the potion is powerful. Yes, the uh, Shanae withdrawal. It's a good potion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she like tries to salvage it when they get to the car and he's just like, nah, nah, get out of here. Don't believe you. You're lying to me whatever uh he was just not even trying to soften it um you could tell he was mad and i think that he's especially upset because he's disappointed in her he trusted her and gave her a second one-on-one um where he had confronted her at that too and believed her response which i think was probably more genuine at that point um But I just think that he's probably really upset and just forthright about this because he hates that he, um, you know, spent more time than he has with anybody else with her, a woman who, you know, clearly was upsetting the other girls and potentially sabotaging his chances with anybody else. And he does really care about some other women there. And so the fact that you know, she was potentially putting him in a situation where she was the only girl left because the other women wanted to leave and believed that his relationship with Sarah was like way stronger than theirs or just like a done deal. That's upsetting. I would be mad because you're just kind of robbing him of his journey. So yeah, he was done. Yeah. Um, But she, she takes the uh, full villain exit move. Uh, she takes a page out of that playbook and, you know, goes with the line of like, well, if that's how he's going to be, I didn't want to be with him anyway. Um, so disappointed. Yeah, that's the right word. We're disappointed in Sarah. She seemed really sweet. Um, but then she turned into kind of a game player and played the game and tried to play the game and, and lost. Didn't work out for her. Um, I think that ultimately the edit did not help Mara out because Mara clearly seemed to be right in the end. Um, but it, I don't know. They didn't, it wasn't cut in a way to make it like, I wish we would have seen her being rude to, or like oversharing and embellishing with Rachel and Teddy. Um, and that would have made us more sympathetic to Mara. Um, so it's kind of a bummer, but Mara will totally, they'll probably both totally be on Paradise. Um, Mara, I think, established herself in the last couple episodes as uh, a drama maker. And so she'll, uh, hopefully we'll see her again. And maybe we'll see Sarah again. She'll she'll be a troublemaker and all the guys will like her probably. Um, 
unless like she, I don't know. And then Mara will like try to warn them. She'll about be the her. Thomas of the mm, beach. except for she's not seven feet tall. True. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so now it's time for the Serene One Hundred One. Um, just kind of another typical explore the city date. Um, obviously not as lavish as Susie's shopping date, but it's kind of a more down to earth, like grounded date where they eat some, burn their mouth on some roasted chestnuts and dance outside of a cafe with some old couples. That was really a fun, it just seemed like a fun date and they have a great connection. Um, and then another palace, another palace dinner. They go to Belvedere Palace, which I also went to, but not inside. I didn't really go inside any, any buildings. Um, Cause that's how you end up spending a lot of money in Europe is you do these like these tours of places and it's like 20 or 30 euros each time. And there's so many like gardens and things to walk through that are like probably as beautiful as the insides. That's at least what I tell myself. But yeah, Serene tells Clayton that she's falling in love with him. He is very excited about this. He's very happy. Um, and he, he gives her the rose. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I was worried that, you know, she might not open up, that things might be awkward, because I honestly didn't think she was going to get a rose at her uh, first one-on-one, but it seems like their connection is really strong, and I'm glad, because I um, just I just didn't know um, what the vibes were, but I'm glad to see that his little gesture that he did for her and remembering her cousin was a genuine move and not just like a nice way to wrap up the relationship and but send her home but actually like he is growing with her and he does like her and so that's good I'm all for it Serene's sweet and great um and I'm glad that he has been able to develop a strong connection with her even though she's one of the quieter girls so I'm all about it sweet date good stuff She's going to hometowns. Yeah. Um, the At the end of this date, I just had this note because I'm going to be picky. Um, there's this there's this painting on the wall that they see inside the palace after their little dance. I think they dance. I don't know. Uh, and it's the kiss. And they say, we should recreate this. But the painting clearly shows uh, a couple in an embrace. And the man is kissing the woman on the cheek. But they, quote unquote, recreate this painting by just kissing on the lips poor form bad recreation thumbs down you can't waste time thumbs down on this recreation don't claim to be recreating it and then just kiss you have to actually do it it's like if you you know like when you recreate families from when you were a kid with your siblings you have to like do it exactly so anyway thumbs down for me that's my painting recreation analysis for the episode thank you um was there even a cocktail party because i don't remember i don't have any notes about a cocktail party it seems like they just went straight to the rose ceremony yeah i think that that is the case um well they did have to kind of speed things up because we they gotta finish they had to get caught up and start start hometowns caught up because they can't they can't keep overlapping and we're finally caught back up <laughs> and really he's only sending home one person now right since that's true genevieve and sarah have left earlier that's true. and so doing a whole cocktail party doesn't really make sense i mean i think he's made yeah, up his he mind knew. so Susie and serene have the roses from their one-on-one dates and i don't know that we mentioned it but he could not give out the the group date rose um to the three women who all united to oust sarah um, because they needed to have a more dramatic rose ceremony with more unknowns. So, uh, the rose order then went to Rachel, of course, and then Gabby, uh, poor Teddy. Teddy is gone. First impression rose once again in the bachelor does not make it to top two. Yeah. I was surprised. I thought that he might want to meet Teddy's family more than Gabby's family because, um, you know Teddy's just been more mysterious and Gabby's been very like fun and silly and so I don't know like um if you know if he sees a marriage with Gabby and like wanting to bring their family into this and things like that 
But his relationship overall, even though it's more silly with Gabby, is stronger than his relationship with Teddy. And so I guess I was a little surprised, but not too surprised. Um, So, yeah, I think it's a really um, great group going to hometowns and certainly a very diverse group of personalities. Yeah. Um, I I do have to note, Teddy was talking about how, like, if she doesn't get this rose, she's going to be devastated whatever and then she's just like very stoic she just like she doesn't cry at all she just says goodbye to Clayton he walks her out she like starts to show a little bit of emotion in the car um but yeah she basically wrote a first impression rose all the way to the final rose ceremony before home before hometowns without I mean she got a one-on-one but it I thought was kind of lackluster right um she was just very like she just has a a resting face that's just very like <laughs> like a resting sad face kind of or just yeah. like kind of like she's always pouting her lip yeah she just always kind of seemed not super energetic or just to be there um but yeah i i agree i think it's a really good top four um you know Susie, Susie and serene very likable very fun rachel and clayton have an undeniable connection um they're super close they're really cuddly and gabby i thought they really connected on their one-on-one and she's really grown on us i mean i think that she's super fun Uh, obviously she's very goofy she lives up to that uh and quirky and she pulls out big words randomly sometimes um but yeah no she's she's really fun i don't think that she'll i think that she'll be the one that gets eliminated this next week that would be my prediction um, but I, I will say after Serene's one-on-one and her, him giving her the, the fireflies, uh, I am not necessarily so confident in my top two, um, prediction. Um, she could sneak into there. She could maybe win. I mean, I think besides my prediction of Gabby going home, once it gets to the top three, uh, I mean, and we've seen he is, like, going to tell them all th- all three of his final three that he is in love with them. Um, he's going to spend time with them all in the fantasy suites. Uh, and it's going to be a tough ending. Uh, I saw something that was apparently, like, it might be, it might end in a Peter situation mm. where we don't actually know how it's going to end until the finale. Man. Um, so who knows what kind of shenanigans they're going to pull but we do know that Clayton is going to be very broken. <laughs> yeah, I um, I really, for me, it is up in the air, too. Um, but I agree. I think Gabby might be going home next week. But my final rose is that I spent the first at least three, maybe more, episodes of our podcast this season just being so hard on Gabby and thinking that she was there just to get Instagram followers and was just kind of... Uh, full of herself and airheaded and I feel bad because there's actually a lot of depth to Gabby she seems very smart and has a big vocabulary she is kind of funny and says random things and her voice is kind of um just kind of throws you off um and I also think that you know still even though she has expressed some more vulnerable things um I still don't think that she's the most serious and marriage-minded of everyone but she's certainly so far from what I thought she was uh when I first saw her intro package and and just you know saw her interactions the first few weeks so kudos to Gabby for just being all of who she is she's grown on me I definitely didn't see the full picture so shame on me for judging a book by its cover yeah same here um fan favorite for Gabby. Maybe she'll be the next Bachelorette. That would be hilarious. Oh, I would watch the heck out of that season. Oh, man. What's your final rose? Um. Yeah, I, I guess I would just say it's, it's kind of nice to go into hometowns where there's not necessarily a clear favorite or front runner. Um, it's nice to see. I, I would say relatively like, I mean, I think it's like we've just said, it's probably a three horse race. Gabby could sneak in though. You never know. It, it seems like he has made some surprising decisions, um, or ones that seemed like unexpected, 
even I would say like the fact that Gabby has made it this far is unexpected. So she could maybe make it farther. Um, I think that he does really like her. So um, yeah, so I think I like that it's not like, you know, Nate and Minnesota Joe all over again, um, which anyway, they weren't even the top two, but it did seem like that. Um, so yeah, I think that there's some good, some good um, parody. It seems like a good, an actual good race. So we'll have mm-hmm. to see how it ends. Yeah. Well, keep throwing your thoughts our way. And we're so excited for the best week of the year. My favorite episode. I like it more than the finale. Hometown dates. We cannot wait to recap those and just see what all happens as we go around the country with these couples. Because I think we're finally visiting their hometowns this time. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, if they're going to travel to Croatia and Austria and Canada, uh, yeah, they can probably they can probably go around to hometowns. So that'll be fun. That'll take us back. Yeah. To pre-pandemic vibes. Yeah, it's been it's been good to have like a normal season mm-hmm. where it wasn't just a bubble. I mean, the bubble had its own fun things, mm-hmm. but man, the travel so good. It is fun. So it's just like it's a it's totally different vibe. Yeah. Falling in love in a fairy tale. Well, keep sharing us with the rest of your friends and family in Bachelor Nation. And tune in next week for another episode of In It for the Long Haul. This has been Lexi. And this is Zeke. And we'll see you next week. Bye.